The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Yes, welcome along to episode 32 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Ewan Cameron. Stephen Mill is still off. He is in the United States of America with his lovely wife on a honeymoon, but he will be back next week. Now, we're going to look back on all the big games over the weekend in the Scottish Premiership and down the leagues as well. We've got a cast of thousands joining us on the show today, and we're going to be talking about your thoughts on Scotland's National Stadium as well, which has uh, created quite... A debate on social media after my outburst last week about how rubbish the National Stadium is. So we'll get to your reactions on that a little later. And we're also going to be looking back on if Scottish football were a holiday. Now remember, you can find us on all your usual podcast providers and on Twitter via at Big Football Scott. We're also on Instagram and Facebook too. Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. So there's a lot to get through today. Right, let's get stuck in today's episode. The Big Scottish Football Podcast. Let's talk about the Premiership first of all and let's start with the champions who were at St Mirren yesterday and they won by five goals to one and joining us on the show is an actor and a friend of the show someone I've known for a number of years I've actually seen him perform on stage as well he's not too bad at what he does it's Jerry Taylor hello there Jerry how you doing buddy thanks for that lovely compliment you're not bad at the acting I, thing I get better every show I'm learning um, what was the big show I went to see again Singing I'm Not a Billy, He's a Tim, I think. Was it was. It the second one. It was. It was really good as well. I went down a storm where we're coming back out next year with Singing I'm Not a Billy, She's a Tim with an old fem- all female cast. Oh, that's amazing. That'll be good. I we're looking forward to that one. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. So before we talk Celtic, because you're a big Celtic fan, you upset a few people yesterday by getting involved in some debates and arguments about some of the things that are being uh, tweeted about Celtic. Career wise, what are you acting and what are you what are you going for? Career-wise, I've just had my show there, the Jerry Taylor show that I had Andy Cameron on. You need to get him on your show, by the way, mate. What a legend. The funniest guy. Brilliant. His football knowledge is great as well. So I've just finished that, and I'm currently writing a show called Murder Mystery, the Musical, and uh, still promoting my book, uh, which is an autobiography about, basically, depression and drug use called Me, Myself and Weed. So that's on Amazon just now. Moving house today as well, so luckily my good lady Megan's given me some time to chill out now and have a wee chat about football because she's Celtic daft on us, so she's more than willing to let me come on. Well, you are Celtic daft, and um, I noticed yesterday you're tweeting quite a bit about Celtic's 5-1 win against St Mirren yesterday. Uh, before we get to the argument or the debate you're having with you and Murray from The Guardian, uh, what do you think of Celtic yesterday in their 5-1 win? I thought it was a tough, tough first half. I, I knew it was going to be going into the game, um, I think St Mirren for me are one of the toughest teams to break down and obviously we've got a history with them recently we've struggled so come half time mate I'm not going to lie the missus fell out of me because I was basically shouting for Jota to get hooked at half time maybe used a few expletives as well so she was rubbing it in at the end of the game so I, I was, I thought it was a tough tough game um, the card the red card changed everything I'm not saying Celtic would have won they still would have I think, I think it would have found it a tougher win but the red card changed everything and as always, lots of debate about penalties, etc. And it's just what he's instilled in the boys is incredible. I change who my favourite player is every week, and I've never ever done that. Like one week I'm like, yeah, it was Hatati, definitely Hatati, or then it's Aaron Moy or Kyogo. I think we're just getting better and better, and don't want to get too carried away like like you do at times, <laughs> but I think we're going to win the Champions League next season. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Have you, have you forgotten how bad you were in Europe this year? I know, mate, but look, it was in Europe this year. It was different. It was I wasn't embarrassed by any game. I was frustrated because, I mean, 60 minutes with Real Madrid. Well, obviously, I didn't think we were ever going to beat them, but it, that was their first time a lot of them playing in the Champions League. So next season, I think they're going to give up an even better account of themselves. Well, they can't do us. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to We're not going to win it, obviously, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how we adapt to Europe with these players. Well, you have Ange Postacoglu in the dugout at Celtic next season. If you'd asked me a few weeks ago, I said we're never going to be able to keep him. But he's soundbites over the past few weeks about what he's building here and that he's not going anywhere. I mean, we've heard that before, but I don't think it's in his makeup to lead the fans down a track that he's not going to see out, you know. I hope he'll stay for at least at least another season. But do you know something? I want him to be my dad. <laughs> like, I, I see me in the missus, we absolutely love him. Did you see that stuff with Carter Vickers when he's having a laugh with Carter Vickers? My missus was almost greeting. Do you know what I mean? We're just like, honest to God. See, I want him to adopt me. I really do. <laughs> but but you, wait, 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 wait. Hold on a wee second, right? I know you're getting a wee bit excited about Ange and how Celtic are playing their football. They're going to win the Champions League. You want Ange Postacoglu to be your dad. You'd have been saying the exact same thing about Brendan Rodgers, who was hinting that he was going to be staying at Celtic for 10 in a row. And then what happened? He walked out at the first opportunity he got to go down south. Don't you think it'll be the same with Ange Postacoglu? And you're building up to be something he's actually not. First off, Brendan Rogers, I'd never call him dad, even if there's a fire. And <laughs> Anne Postacoglu is leagues above him when it comes to you could always see the thing with Brendan Rogers. You knew he was great, but there was always this undertone of you're talking absolute shit, mate. <laughs> and it was just I never thought I knew he was gonna go, but I never thought he'd have went halfway through Le- uh, to Leicester. But I'm over it, Ian. We've got Ange now. <laughs> If he leaves, he's f-ing dead to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no doubting it. He has surprised a number of people with the job that he has done at Celtic. And the football you're playing is easily the best football in Scotland. But getting back to the game against St Mirren, the last time you lost the game was against St Mirren. It was 2 yep. 0 at the start of the campaign. You're 1 0 down at half time. And even though they're down to 10 men. You're probably still feeding the worst that the best you're going to get out of this is a draw. But to come away with a 5-1-1 is unbelievable. But were you worried at half-time or not? Definitely. And like you say, even see when they did get the red card, I thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be even tougher because they're just going to, everyone behind it and they're so hard to break down. Within the 11 men, they were always going to have maybe one, maybe two guys sitting a little bit higher, ready for the counter-attack. But as soon as that was a 10 men, it was just everyone behind the ball. But it was worrying up until probably about 3-1 for me. <laughs> well, once we get the second one, I knew it was kind of... I didn't think it would ever go to 5-1, but it just shows you the mentality because a couple of years ago, we would have fell away. Maybe some points last season, we might not have got through that. Yeah. Well, maybe the first six games of last season. I was you... delighted and I'd never ever think I'd be that delighted by winning against Mirren, but I was. Do you know who I think is one of the most unluckiest players in the Celtic team just now, the Celtic squad, is Abada? Because I really like him. I rate him as a player. And what an impact he had yesterday in that win over St Mirren. He changes the game for you. Outstanding. He really is. And he's still really young. But a lot of people forget that. And I think he needed a little bit of time out of the squad. And, and how do you break into that squad after how they've all been playing? Like Maida coming back after the World Cup, he's just been outstanding. Bit quiet yesterday, wasn't his type of game. 
and just showed you when Ange made those changes, Abada just came in and he pretty much did change the game. Haksabanovic as well, I feel sorry for, because I think there's a real, real talent in that player. A real talent. And when you watch him, see when he's trying to drink by players, a lot of players will go, they'll try the shot that's not on. He always knows when that shot's not on, so he'll come back again and he'll try and rebuild the play. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of him. But it's who do you drop? That's the thing. Yeah, no, Celtic have got a, a number of uh, options there on the bench, that's for sure. So Celtic are still nine clear. They're in the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup. You've already got the League Cup in the trophy cabinet. Are you going to win the treble? Oh, man, don't. I don't like to talk. I, I genuinely don't like to talk about it, but... Mate, the answer's no, because to... hearts are going to pump you on Saturday. I've got two... <laughs> See, now you've said it, I know that Celtic's going to win, mate. And this is the thing, and I say this to you on Twitter all the time, as soon as you make a bold prediction, see if you just say, I think Hearts will win, they might. See when you go, they're definitely going to pump you. That's when it goes south for you, mate. Okay, can I remind you the last time when Celtic played Hearts at Tynecastle? It was one of the best games of the season. It was the first day of VAR. Yes, Celtic won it by four goals to three, but we took the game to you and we were so unlucky not to get something (laughs) out of the game. And I think that Hearts, who have recently played pretty poorly against Rangers and Celtic, will look to make amends for those poor performances. It's at Tynecastle. It's the Scottish Cup. It's the quarterfinals. It's our last chance to win some silverware ourselves. I think Hearts will beat you on Saturday at lunchtime. I think we end your treble hopes. Oh, bold. Well, I, th- I think you've got a strong case in saying it's going to be a really, really tough game for us. And I think he's even said it in the podcast last week. If we do beat Hearts, I think... You win it. The, the, the cup turns. Yeah, th- you win it. If we win it. But it'll be a tough game, but I, I still reckon Celtic's got too much for you at the moment because your, your form's not been great. The oh, past shut up. Few we just beat St. Johnson there 3-0. Shut up. We're going to send you home <laughs> to think again. And by the way, see if we if you do beat us. Do you not fear Rangers at all then? Listen, anyone that says they don't fear getting into those games because they all try that, I'm not scared of Rangers, but of course you've got to fear getting into those games. And it all depends at the time your form, injuries, it's not really a concern for us just now because our bench is so strong. Touch wood, I've just jinxed that now. <laughs> um, but, oh, do you know what, mate? I wasn't as confident with the hearts one until you started talking your push again. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Let me get on to this, right? Now, you're obviously delighted at the win yesterday. You're still nine clear. You're in the yep. hunt for the treble and all that. You and Murray from The Guardian tweeted this yesterday. Relentless and outstanding among the terms used by Ange Postacoglu against 10 men in a club whose annual wage bill is about the same as Celtic recently spent on a right back. You'd like to think so. You didn't take too kindly to that comment from Ewan Murray and you said that it was bitter and that he's full of bitterness. Why do you think that Ewan Murray was full I, of bitterness with that tweet? It was. It seemed like it was more a dig at Celtic being in a position where they are so good, being in a position where they're financially... Yeah, but you're speaking facts. He's speaking facts. However, I thought it was disrespectful. Ange Postacoglu is also obviously, obviously talking about they had to be relentless and they had to be, uh, be strong and work hard because St Mirren are such a good team. And I felt like, I've scrolled by many of his tweets before, many many journalists and pundits, because it doesn't really get to me. But to me, there is a lot of truth from the opposition fans because, let's face it, if I'm watching a league, say I'm watching the Premiership and Liverpool win it, every single year for nine years, right? Of course, as an outside fan, you're going to think maybe boring or that you're getting sick of it. But as a Celtic fan, I can't just sit back and go, ah, guys, you're right, f*** it, let's lose. 
we're going to enjoy winning. The reason we're in the position we're in is because our club have been careful with the finances. We've won a lot of things. 22 trophies in 11 years. A few decent runs in Europe. Not as many as we should have. But yeah, but you won twenty-two. Tro- you won. You won twenty-two trophies in eleven years because Rangers were not there. So you had basically a buy. Well, I don't buy into that because Celtic didn't win a treble until Rangers came back up to the league, and then we won three in a row. But Rangers were in no shape to challenge you at that point when they first came back up into the Premier League. You talked about us maybe winning a treble this season with Rangers still in it, so. What's the difference a few years ago to the position that they're in now? Because everyone's saying that the gap's definitely smaller now. The gap is smaller. I think that Rangers are closing yeah. a gap on you. Would you not agree with that? Definitely. If you look at Beale's results, then well, you would m- have to say it. You'd, you'd just be denying it. Definitely. But we're also getting better as well. So it just depends on can they improve at the same speed that we are. So before I let you go, when Ange Postacoglu <laughs> leaves in the summer, who do you want to replace him? You, you and Cameron. <laughs> the only person that could replace Ange Postacoglu is maybe his child in a few years. He's learned from him. Or you could maybe take over because didn't you say that you could guarantee you would lead Hearts to third place? even if you were the manager uh, yeah I did say that with the finances that Robbie yeah. Nielsen's got and with the squad that he's got I could lead Hearts to third place in the league and I think with the resources that Ange Postacoglu's got and the players that he's got at his disposal I could probably lead Celtic to the championship as well how far would you get them in the Champions League? no <laughs> probably, probably not great mate uh, but you're going you, you're, 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 so, so the final word to you then Celtic are winning the treble that's your words Celtic have a better chance of winning the treble than Rangers Jerry Taylor, <laughs> next time you're on stage, send me some tickets. I want to see you, my friend. Nice one, mate. Have you read your puns out yet, by the way? Not every week I put one in. Right, I've not read every them out yet. Mine's a f-ing belter this week. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got it in. It's actually in. It's coming up. Yeah, it's a nice one. All right, nice Jerry. One. All the best, mate. Have a good one. Cheers, bud. So that was Jerry Taylor, who is a Celtic fan on the podcast with us. Talk about Celtic's brilliant 5-1 victory against St Mirren yesterday. We're now going to talk Hearts and Hibs and Hearts winning 3-0 against St Johnson. Big win for Hibs as well, beating Livingston by four goals to one. And joining us from Edinburgh, from the Edinburgh Evening News, good friend of mine, known him for a number of years. It's the one and only Barry Anderson. Hello, Barry. Hello, you and how are you? Not too bad, my friend. We first met many years ago on Real Radio, didn't we? We did, I am. Glad you can remember that. I couldn't. <laughs> That's about 20 odd years ago, mate. I know. And I've, uh, you can see the bags under my eyes. That's when they started. <laughs> Thanks. So let's talk hearts to begin with. 3 0 winners over St Johnston. I mean, the scoreline suggests it was easy, but I watched the highlights back because I was working on Saturday. St. Johnson can count themselves unlucky not to take something from that game, especially in the back of their first half performance, Barry. Absolutely. I mean, they they created so many opportunities and just couldn't take them. They they definitely overall can feel a little aggrieved at a 3-0 defeat and leaving there with a 3-0 defeat and not even getting on the score sheet. But you'd have to say at the same time, you know, for all their opportunities, Hearts created a fair number and took theirs, and that was the difference at the end of the day. And I suppose you can argue that's what should be happening when you look at Hart's budget compared to St Johnson's budget. They should be you know, more clinical in the final third and, and able to see off teams like that at home. So certainly an important win from Hart's perspective. I don't think anybody will get carried away because it wasn't a vintage performance uh, by any means. They did look a bit vulnerable at the back uh, on a few occasions, but that was partly down to St Johnston and just going at them and, and opening them up a few times. 
Let's talk about Josh Ginelli. He scored a couple of goals again at the weekend there, a couple of really good goals as well. And there was talk at the uh, start of this season that he might not be at heart. So there was a chance that he might have left last summer. But here he is. He scored a couple of goals. He's playing really well at Tynecastle. What's the situation with his contract? Is he, is he going to be staying longer or extending his deal or what? It's a bit up in the air just now. There have been kind of background chats here and there. And I think he's he, the, the positive side of it is that he is keen to stay and Hearts are keen to keep him. So generally, when both parties are moving in the same direction, you, you tend to get an agreement eventually. So, yeah, I would I'd probably edge slightly towards more likely that he would stay now than than to go. Uh, and certainly sitting you with know, scoring goals like that, um, form that he's been in and the change of position and everything that's worked for him, then it makes sense for Hearts to keep him. I don't think you let a player like that go if you can avoid it. No, so Hearts were comfortable in the end with a 3-0 win. I just want to talk generally about Hearts. And as you know, I'm, I'm a Hearts man through and through. And I'm, I've been quite critical of Robbie Nielsen at times in his tenure since returning to Tynecastle. I was very critical of him in the last couple of weeks and I thought that we were kind of getting away with it when we went on that like nine game unbeaten run I didn't think we were particularly great but we were getting the results and that's all that matters in the end but when it does go a bit skew if then you look back at all the other performances and you think well that was coming I mean that result against Motherwell was poor the performance was poor but our performances leading up to that weren't great I thought Dundee United were very unlucky against us at Tannadise I thought we got lucky against St Mirren at St Mirren when we drew 1-1 so for me it was on the cards that we were going to get a result like that and my concern as a Hearts fan looking at it is that we're in a worse position now than we were at this time last season and I hoped that we would kick on this year and get closer to the old firm but it would appear as though we've gone a wee bit backwards or is that unfair on Robbie Nielsen and the team? I'd need to double check this but I think they're two points better off right now after the same number of games than they were this stage last season I'd need to double check the, I'll just tell you I'll say something to you about Robbie Nielsen, and I and I take on board what you're saying about performances because yes, sometimes the performances aren't at the level that the fans are expecting. I know in Robbie himself and the players are expecting. But when have you ever seen? When have you ever known any Hearts team under any Hearts manager to put in scintillating performances week in week out? And that's not just Hearts. It goes for Hibs. It goes for Motherwell. It goes for everybody outside Celtic Rangers. The performance levels peak and they trough and they dip and they they rise. Now. I've covered Hearts for 20 years and I haven't come across a better Hearts manager than Robbie Nielsen. And I'll qualify that by saying that he's been in charge of Hearts twice. But on both occasions, he was in the championship. He won the division comfortably and got them promoted. And on both full seasons that he's taken charge of them in the premiership, he's finished third. And it looks at the moment like it looks like they'll do that again, barring a disaster. So what more are you going to get out of a Hearts manager than that? He's also get, got them into group stage European football. How? What? I know that the, the 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 clearly the thing that's missing here is the trophy, right? I get that, and Robbie's aware of that as well. But what else can you ask for in, in terms of league positions and achievements in the Premiership? What else can you do? I wasn't expecting a spokesperson for uh, Robbie Nielsen to be on the show today. I thought we were getting Barry Anderson from the Edinburgh Evening News. Listen, you've actually made some really good points there, and I think the point I was making at the start was that. I think I am frustrated that we're actually further behind the old firm than we were last season. Maybe I've got my facts wrong in that sense. Maybe we might be better off. But even just being two points better off, for me, isn't great. 
I think we should be in a far better position than we are right now. And I think the performances haven't been great, generally speaking, and we've kind of got away with it. I think you're probably right. Is there anyone else better than Robbie Nielsen to take charge of that club just now? Probably not. But I think from the Hearts fans' perspective, they would expect to close the gap. I'm not saying for a second, Barry, that we should be challenging for second or challenging for the title. I think it's too early to be discussing those sorts of things. But I do think in regards to the points gap between second and third, we should be looking to close that. And I think we're further behind than we were last season. Yeah, I agree with that point. That's that specific point. You, you definitely would want to look to close that. And I think if you hadn't had European football this season, then you probably would have closed it. I think. You think so? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying you'd have been right on Rangers' coattails, but I do think you, you would have got closer in terms of the points difference would have been less this year than last. But you, that's you know the caveat to that is you had European football, and I, I would I would guess you would much you know you're the Hearts you're the Hearts supporter, but. Would you not rather have the European run? Totally. And the, the trips. Yeah, and you, you had, we got three million plus in the bank as well. And then that's going to help to yeah. improve the team in the summer. And I know there's obviously talk and rumours of certain players that could be joining us in the summer, which will be great for the squad if they, if they were to pull that off. So what I'm probably looking at in the summer is, again, we'll look to improve, we'll look to strengthen. But see, next season, I'm not looking for any excuse. I'm looking for more consistent performances and to get closer to the top two, particularly the team that finishes second. That's what I'd be looking for. I hoped it would happen this year. Clearly isn't going to happen this year, but I would hope that would be the case next season. And that's the pressure that Robbie will be under from the fans like myself, want to get closer to second place. Yeah, again, I agree with that. And I think that's something that Robbie himself will want to look. He's spoken, kind of talked on that a few press interviews that we've done with him and he's spoken about that that's got to be the aim about looking upwards and not downwards. So he's, he does know that that's in the pipeline or should be in the pipeline. I, I would probably say that if he's if you're finishing third and you're not getting any closer to Rangers, it, it doesn't matter if you finish third and you find a, finish a point behind Rangers or you finish 20 points behind Rangers, as long as you finish third, I would argue that that's the Hearts manager doing his job. No. That's where Hearts should be. No, we, we need to be improving yeah, year in, year out. I'm sorry, Barry, we need to be improving year in and year out with that squad and the support yeah, and the but... backing that he's getting. And obviously European football adds finances to the club that can get us a better player, pay a better wage as well. I'm not, again, Barry, I'm not saying that we finish second or that we should be looking to split the old farm, but at least be there on their coattails and make a, make a challenge of it. Uh, yes, I, I'm a, I'm a, I totally agree that that's okay. the end of the season. No, no, but what you're saying to me then, Barry, is that I should just shut my mouth and just be happy with third place. Well, the first bit, I. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've talked enough about Hearts. Let's talk about his because, see, at the start of the season, I was uh, doing the podcast with Stephen Mill and there was a few people, including Steve Cowan, who's a former Hibs and Aberdeen striker, were all suggesting that Hibs might struggle this year under Lee Johnson and that they might be bottom six and could also find themselves in a wee bit of trouble if uh, things were to go against them. Well, here Hibs are. They're in fourth. They're five points behind Hearts. I mean, that is some turnaround for Hibs. Did you see that coming, Barry? No, I don't think a lot of people did, even as recently as maybe six weeks ago. Uh, they suffered those back-to-back defeats against Hearts 3-0 home and away, and things were looking pretty grim at that point. But yeah, you're right, the turnaround's been terrific. I think four wins in the last five. And for me, one of the, the, the key uh, reasons for that has, has been early you. And I think, you know, all of, all of a sudden just kind of come to life. 
in a Hibs context and started scoring goals, started creating goals, and looks a really, really, you know, in this league, looks a real top player at the moment. And that that's his form for me is underpinned uh, Hibs' turnaround. And Hibs have done this with three of their better players. Ryan Porteous left in January to go to Watford. You've got Martin Boyle, who's out injured for the season. You've got Kevin Nisbet, who has been out injured, although he was on the bench at the weekend there. So for them to do that without the three best players is some going. Do they threaten Hearts for third, or do you think Hearts will still get there? I think it's going to be tight. Um, at one point, you know, a, f- a few weeks back, it looked like Hearts would be quite comfortably third, but I would say less so now. And Hibs are making a right go of it. There's, what, 11 games to go, I think? Yeah. And it's going to be a very interesting fight. But I like this sort of thing when you've got two teams going for, whether it's for a title or, or third place or the last European slot, whatever. Um, I think it makes a huge difference to the league and, and certainly sets things up to make it even more exciting after the split. I've got a pal, Barry, who um, mingles with the people upstairs at Hibs and behind the scenes, and maybe I shouldn't be telling you this or saying this, but apparently behind the scenes, they're quietly confident that they can catch Hearts for third spot. Yeah, so they should be. In the back of that form, they'll be confident of doing doing that sort of thing when there's only a five-point gap. Um, I think where Hearts are concerned, there's no room now for slipping up, and Hibs will know that. And that probably makes, you know, the, if you like, the pressure is on Hearts, and, and it's likely easier for Hibs because they just need to kind of keep themselves going and just wait for a slip-up if there's going to be one and then pounce. It's always better to be the chaser in that situation, I think, than the than the chased. Yeah, the the, the form's been good, and they they seem to have settled on a on a by and large a fairly settled team as well. I think Portis leaving has actually helped, albeit he's a loss defensively. I'm not disputing that, but the kind of circus that was surrounding him for so long there before Christmas just, I think, detracted from what Lee Johnson was trying to achieve at Hibs. And I think I haven't spoken to him about it, but I would guess he's probably fairly content I think that that, that saga has now come to an end and he can focus more on it, on his team and, and getting uh, getting results together which he's done Barry one final question for you you're going to be at Tynecastle on Saturday for the Scottish Cup tie against Celtic can Hearts cause a surprise and reach the semi-finals? I think they can um, it's going to be really difficult they firstly they go to Celtic Park in the league on Wednesday night and you know, that's, even, that's an even more difficult task, as, as everybody knows. Mate, I'm ignoring it because I know what's going to happen there. It's, it's, it's Tyne Castle, it's the Scottish Cup. That's what matters for me this week. The thing for Hearts against Celtic and Rangers is being without Craig Gordon and Craig Halkett. I think if you've got them in the team, your chances are much higher. And that's no slight on like Cassandra Clark or um, James Hill or, or sort of the guys that are filling in for these two. I just think that those two are massive players for Hearts and if they're fit, then you can go and take the game to Celtic and Rangers, certainly at home, and, and make a better game of it because your defence is just that bit stronger. Without them, I think it's very tough and Celtic are certainly in goal-scoring form just now. But, you know, I think for Hearts on Saturday, go take the game with them, go and get the first goal, get on the front foot, don't give Celtic time and space to play, get in their faces, get snapping at their ankles. And that's how you'll unsettle them. If you can do that, you can seize the initiative early on and get you know get the first goal, then everything's possible. Fingers crossed. Barry Anderson from the Edinburgh Evening News who looks after Hibs and Hearts in Edinburgh and has done for what? How many years now? Um, mostly just Hearts. I'm the Hearts correspondent. Um, you don't do Hibs because, because, because you know who the big team is. Well done, you. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're two big teams so we have a Hearts correspondent and a Hibs correspondent. So. <laughs> but you, you've gone with the better uh, team, mate. Well done, you. Uh, sometimes it's been like that, although other times it's been a bit of a challenge, I've got to say. Yes. But it's great that now I've got it's, it's been terrific, you know, the last couple of years again since Robbie's come back, they have been on a continually kind of upward trajectory and long may it continue because it's much easier to write about a team 
that's winning than a team that's struggling. Barry Anderson, as always, from the Edinburgh Evening News, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, my man, and uh, enjoy the week. I will do. Thanks, Ewan. All Cheers, the best. Bud. Thanks All for having best, me on. Mate. Right, we've talked Celtic, we've talked Hearts and Hibs, let's talk Rangers now. They won 3-1 against Kilmarnock at Ibrox at the weekend, 3-0 up at half time, good first half, pretty poor second half, but they got the job done, they got the three points, they're still nine behind Celtic, and we've got a Rangers fan on the show, I've known him for a number of years as well, he used to annoy me on the Real Radio football phoning, good morning Richard. Morning, Ewan. How you doing? Not too bad, my friend. Listen, let's talk Rangers, right? You're yeah. nine behind Celtic. You won 3-1 at the weekend. Have you given up on the title? Listen, you know me. Uh, we've still got two games to play against them. I can't say that it's impossible. It's going to be very difficult. You get a glimmer of hope six minutes into the game yesterday. Some Aaron go 1-0 up and you just think for a wee minute, is that them going to uh, drop points? But... You can't deny it. It's like a juggernaut just now with Celtic. It's just relentless from them. So that's what you're up against. It's going to be very difficult. I think it's theirs to lose, if that makes sense, obviously. And I think Rangers are really having to play for the future of the players that are there. What I mean by that is you need two good results or performances against them in the next in the Old Firm games and we need to win the Scottish Cup. That's the minimum for me. So there's Rangers who at the moment under Michael Beale, point for point, are the exact same as Celtic. Celtic have scored more goals in that time, but yep. you'd be joint leaders at the top of the table yep. from the moment Michael Beale walked through the door. That's clearly progress. Do you think you're closing the gap or do you think that Rangers have still got a job to do? see this in two aspects because this closing the gap has obviously came out more since the cup final points wise right playing against other teams dropping stupid points that we were dropping against the rest of the league and that's not who Rangers and Celtic are compared against that's where we have made a difference so we are finishing games off it might not be pretty at times but we are getting results clearly so we've stopped that rot in essence where I see the big difference is Clearly, we're not learning from mistakes against Celtic. I mean, I'm a, I might be wrong, but most of their goals seem to be coming from the same side of the park and from the same area of our defence. Those runs into the back post or from the back post to the front post. Closing the gap, I think it's difficult because Celtic are tried and tested over the last season and three quarters. We've got a lot of improvement to do to come up to the point we're going to go into those games and feel as if we're definitely going to win it. For me, it's in twofold. I think we've still got a bit to go against Celtic. Against the rest of the league, we have certainly learned our lessons and we are doing a lot better, clearly, since Michael Beals came in. Are you positive for the future? I am positive for the future. I, I, listen, I was hugely disappointed with the team selection on the, on the cup final. I heard this you know, on the phone-ins, people saying oh, you, you couldn't have been upset with the team that was selected. 11 o'clock in the morning, I was sent the team list and I said, the midfield should be Jack and Raskin, definitely. And that's what disappointed me the most. Beale brought in two players that he said were going to be first-team starters, Cantwell and, and Raskin. And in the biggest game of the season so far, they didn't get an opportunity until it was too late, in my opinion. So I've got a question, Beale, on that one. Hopefully he's learnt from his lesson and hopefully he realises now who he needs to call on. And I think Raskin is going to be a fantastic player. I think he's the kind of number six midfielder that we've missed for a number of years. I love Ryan Jack. I would love to see him stay. And I think Cantwell is 
probably that player that would play in the Tillman role. I wouldn't I wouldn't keep him. Listen, the summer's going to be massive. Who do we bring in for the strikers? Who do we bring in for that number right position? And who else stays? Does Kent stay or does Kent go? Listen, I am positive because I think Michael Beale is a fantastic coach. I think he knows what he needs to do. It's now down to the board and the recruitment team. That's where my questions are. Are they going to allow him to bring in the players that he wants instead of what was getting thrown at the likes of Van Bronckhorst beforehand? You know, is he just going to get told who he's bringing in or is he going to get an opportunity to actually bring in his own players? That's that's what I would like to see. I thought Rangers were excellent in that first half at Ibrox on Saturday. Uh, 3-0 yeah. up, going 5-6-0 and then in the yeah. second half it was really, really poor and Kilmarnock had yeah. a couple of really decent chances. He scored one of them but they could have made it a really interesting game. I'm not quite sure what yeah. Rangers were thinking or why they took their their foot off the gas, but it just showed what Rangers can do with Raskin and Cantwell in the team in that first half. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rangers have showed it, you know. Like We went to uh, that small club, uh, Hearts, didn't we? And uh, played them off the <sighs> Uh, mate, you know, mate, listen, listen. I'm enjoying chanting about Rangers. Was there any need for you? Any need for you to bring hearts into the conversation? We know what happened at Tynecastle. I was oh, that, spewing. That was a disgusting it. night for Hart Midlothian Football Club. We tried something and it spectacularly backfired oh, on know. us and allowed Rangers to play like they were Brazil from the 1982 World Cup. Rangers have showed in glimpses. First 45 minutes in, uh, at the weekend, superb. Like you say, it could have been whatever they wanted it to be. I think that's the, the big difference with, with, with Rangers uh, at the moment is how many chances are they creating? Like they're creating so many chances and they're just not taking the majority of them. The difference I see with Celtic is they create chances and they take their opportunity. Even other teams you know, that play against us, I think, would the Kamarnock have that one opportunity and, and, and scored the goal? I mean, they had a couple, but, you know, I mean, I think the thing is, is, we need to get more clinical. We need to clearly, you know, finalise what's going to happen in the, you know, in that final third of the park to make sure that we can challenge Celtic. Because I'm I, I not right in saying that actually goal difference is massive, but the goals conceded isn't between Rangers and Celtic. It's, Mate, I don't care. I don't look at your goal difference. <laughs> so I'm not really interested. I just see what the point difference is, and it's uh, nine. No, and, it is. It's nine. It is. It and, is. And and you're giving up on the title. That's official, yeah. You're, you're trying to put words in my mouth here. Listen, it's going to be very difficult. I'm asking you the question, will you win the title or not? <sighs> I don't think we'll win the title this year. So you're saying no. no, Rangers will not catch Celtic to win the league, Celtic will win the league, and uh, your only chance of silverware is the Scottish Cup? I would say at this present moment, that would, that would, be the, that would appear to be the case, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Richard, um, it's been a while since I spoke to you, my friend, but it's always lovely to catch up with you and uh, have a lovely day today. Thank you for taking the time out to speak to us. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Love you, Richard. Love you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> John McAnally has joined us. Hi, Ewan. Hi, John. You're right. I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I'm from the Falkirk Daft podcast. I produced Fred McCauley oh, on, on a, a Sunday on the Greatest Hits, and also uh, produced. Wait, 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 You weren't wait, going wait. to do that, were you? I was going to give you a proper introduction. All right, okay. On you go. You don't produce this show. You, you take, Sorry. you take my lead. Right, I'm, right. I'm waiting for you. Give me the big intro, then, you right. come on. So here's John McAnally, who's joined us in the studio. He works on a podcast called Falkirk Daft. Yeah. He also produces. Uh, Fred McCauley on a Sunday on the Greatest Hits Network and he's also the producer of um, Bowie at Breakfast I just said that yeah no but it's up to me Dave no you right okay 
come in here trying to take talk, charge. What do you want to talk about? Well, I, I told you to pop in to talk Falkirk. Aye. Big game tomorrow night against Dunfermline. Big win of the weekend. But we'll get to in just a second. Right. We'll finish with other bits, yeah? Okay, right. right. So I'm just going to go through the other Premiership results. Right, okay. If I want your opinion on these, I'll ask you. You're the presenter. I'll decide. So we've done Hibs, we've done Hearts, we've done Celtic, we've done Rangers, Ross County nil, Motherwell 2. Huge result that for Motherwell at the bottom of the table. That result should keep them safe. Uh, brilliant there for them. Baldwin sent off for Ross County, which changed the game in Motherwell's favour. And Dundee United 1, Aberdeen 3 was a late kickoff on Saturday night. Big win that for Aberdeen away at Tannadice up against Jim Goodwin, who just a couple of weeks ago was sent packing from Aberdeen and then he turns up at Dundee United and his first game in charge just happens to be against the Dons. Did you watch that game? I didn't, but mm. I mean, it was shocking. I mean, I'm not know. asking for your opinion. I just oh, right. asked you the question. I didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't. Just yes or no. I didn't see if the I game. want you to expand right, on okay. anything, I'll, I'll ask yeah, you, you to. Say, okay. Can you then expand on the answer? Okay, no, I didn't see the game, Ewan. Okay, thank you. That's all I needed right. was a yes or no. Did you see the game? Yes or no? No, right, but then okay. you went off to be well, Gary Lineker. That's what I thought you wanted me to do. No, I don't want me that. I don't want you be Alan Shearer I don't even be right, James okay. McFadden just Fine. a yes or a no okay. Kevin Van Veen did very well against uh, Ross County as well Stuart Kettlewell's got really turned the ship round there hasn't he nobody cares what you think right, mate okay. right? you're here to talk Falkirk and okay. League 1 nonsense right. so hold on a wee second I'll wait by my time yeah, uh, let's go into the championship Hamilton nil, Arbroath nil. that really did neither of them any favours on Friday night because both are at the bottom of the table a win for either would have drawn uh, Cove Rangers closer to them talking of Cove they were at home and they lost to Dundee by two goals to nil and that was a big win for Dundee because unbelievably Queen's Park were 2-0 up against Morton and were going to be stretching their lead at the top of the table until Morton equalised it was 2-2 there between Queen's Park and uh, Morton big win for Partick Thistle with a new manager Chris Doolan in charge they're now three points off Dundee in second uh, Wraith down to seven could Partick Thistle make a late charge not just for second spot but also for the title Time will tell. It's going to be an interesting end to the season there. And it finished Air United 1, Inverness, Cali, Thistle 2. Right, into League 1. This is where we speak to John McAnally. He's an expert on lower league rubbish football. Can I just say, Ewan, right, I'm just looking at the... the your producer here, Chris, right? He's no, done a he's, fantastic. He's an intern. Right, he's, sorry, an intern. intern. he's done a fantastic job, right? He's written down lots of nice notes, right, on the Scottish Championship there, and you've ignored them all when you've just done the roundup there. He has worked his backside off writing all this sort of stuff. Thistle end race, fourteen game unbeaten run. They're now three points off the, the second race. Thirty-seven. He's written all this and done all this work, and you just ignored all of it there. Um, Producers Union. Anyway, do you like to talk about Falkirk? He's yet not a producer, he's an intern. Right, right? okay, sorry. And, and what you see in front of mm -hmm. you with all the little bits yep. of blurb around Ricky the Little games, set off inside 20 minutes, right. Romains are both okay. a point behind Hamilton at the bottom of the table. He's, trying, he's, 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 he's trying too hard right. to get the job. <laughs> right, okay. Right? Because, see, when he gets the job, I bet this doesn't happen. Right? right? So <laughs> he's, he's, he's in training, right? right so he's okay. trying to impress right, the bosses. Yeah, yeah. Look at what I've produced. Oh, look, yeah. There's nine pages uh -huh. of production here. It's good though I have to say it's not bad at all right into League 1 I won't ignore the production here League 1 Dunfermline 2 Alloa 0 Dunfermline 12 league games unbeaten since losing to Montrose in October 5 points above Falkirk Alloa in 4 3 points behind FC Edinburgh it really is the story of the top 2 and we'll get to that 
in just a second. Kelty Hearts 1, FC Edinburgh 2. Edinburgh pulled three points ahead of Aloha in fourth. And Montrose 2, Clyde 0. Montrose in six. Four points of Aloha in the playoff spots. Clyde remain in the playoff relegation spot. And Queen of South, big win for Marvin Bartley, friend of the show. Three two winners against Airdrie. Queen of South move above Kelty into seventh, while Airdrie remain fifth. Now, will Queen of South make a late charge for the playoffs? It's not without a possibility. Mm. I know you're screwing your face up, but you're not here to talk about Queen of the South. So again, I've not asked for your opinion on that. <laughs> uh, let's go to the top two, though. Dunfermline 2, Aloha 0. Falkirk 5, Peterhead 0. There are five points separating the top two. Falkirk thumping Peterhead 5-0 means that Falkirk have got plus 29 and now have a better goal difference than Dunfermline on plus 28. You've read your notes, well done. Yeah, and well done. I, I'm intrigued by this battle in right. League One because Falkirk playing really, really, really well. The only slip-up they've had in recent weeks was when they went to Aloha and they drew 1-1. Mm, it was I like know. a 94th-minute equaliser. Yeah. That was a slip-up. But then Dunfermline went and drew a game and then opened the door slightly for you. And now you've got two games against the Pars coming up one of which is tomorrow night at East End Park ahead of your Scottish Cup quarterfinal against Air United. But do you know what? If I'm you, I'm thinking about tomorrow and not worrying about what happens in the Scottish Cup. I tell you what, all I can think about you and it's Craig McGuffey's goal at the weekend. Did you see it? Yes. Oh my word. Some goal. Oh, who's Cass? <laughs> David Beckham wears McGuffey pyjamas, right? <laughs> to bed. Because that was unbelievable. It came off the bench not only did he score from the half line He scored like Second goal Chest Half volley Unbelievable <laughs> Finished it off with a penalty Oh my I have watched it so many times But There we go Let's talk about Dunfermline tomorrow night Over 8,000 tickets have been sold for this match About 8,200 roughly That's amazing Tuesday night at East End Park That is unbelievable League 1 I mean there's obviously Clubs up in the Premiership That would love crowds like that That's why I would love Falkirk and Dunfermline To get their act together And get themselves back into the Premiership Because we need clubs like Falkirk and Dunfermline yeah. And Dundee Partick Thistle In the Premiership And again that is no disrespect To clubs like Livingston Or Queen's Ross Park County, yeah. And Queen's Park Who possibly mm-hmm. could win Promotion To yeah. the Premier League And they'll be playing at Lesser Hamden In front of 400 people it, it, it doesn't do the game any good. But we're there for a reason, you know. I can't, I know, I can't I say it. we're there for yeah, a reason, you That's know. That's what I'm saying. Get your act together because you've got a lot we to offer so. the game. So. so, let's look at it. You're five points behind. Yep. You're playing them tomorrow at East End Park. Do you take a draw now? No. It's I, a must I, win. I think for Falkirk, it's an absolute must win. I think if we drop any more points, the way Dunfermline have been going this season, they've not been the greatest football inside to watch. No, Falkirk not. have been a far superior football inside. But at the end of the day, they've got more points on the board and we're five points off them. But we need to win. To, we need to go there to win tomorrow. I think a draw is not enough for Falkirk. I've, I've had my head, and this has been terrible as a Falkirk sport, I've had my head in the playoffs for a long time now. Because Dunfermline just keep going and they, they're relentless and they, and they just keep just grinding out when they're 2-0 down, they'll bring it back. I mean, the game against oh. Airdrie a couple of weeks ago when they're 3-0 down, and, I mean, hats off to them. That's unbelievable to come back and, and do what they did there. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, it is a must win. If we win tomorrow night, however, 
Oh, two points. Stephen Mill when I say wait to see Stephen Mill. Two points oh, and a game oh, oh, oh. at the Falkirk Stadium to come against oh, them. I know, but I have to say, you I, honestly, I can't handle this week. I actually, I cannot handle this. But up until up until Saturday, I did not have a ticket for the game. I'm one of these people that just see if I'm there and I'm watching it. Too much. The, the, the thought of walking out at East End Park getting beat, I just can't handle it. I honestly can't handle it. But I got, after watching Craig McGuffey's goal several, several times, I went, had a few beers at me. I went, right, I'm definitely getting a ticket. So I was straight on there and I'm going tomorrow night now, even though I, I'm just. Full of fear and full of dread, but yeah, it's it's huge. But it's you should be confident, though, John, because of your recent form. Forget the Aloha late equaliser, yeah. but you've been Tough playing well. Unbeaten. You go in the Scottish Cup and you pump um, Darville. Darville comfortably. You've got a chance of getting the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup if you beat Air United. I what know. a position to be in. Your team will be buzzing right now. They'll be flying and they'll also want to be making an impression to play in that Scottish Cup tie and they know what's on the line but tomorrow. You win it, you it's in your hands. It, the thing is, it's such a huge week for Falkirk Football Club. You know, it could be a monumentous week. I, it could be... I could be I tell you what, if if Stephen's back next week, yes, I would love to. I, it could be absolutely monumental. We beat Dunfermline and we're being beat, I, beat yeah. here in the Scottish exactly. Cup. It will be unbelievable. I'll be walking in here just like a like Snoop Dogg <laughs> and just giving it legs. I but it could however, go the other way. However, it could go the knowing other way. Knowing Falkirk the way I know Falkirk, all the years of support him, it can go absolutely all the other way. We'll get beat off Dunfermline. We'll get. <laughs> beat off here and then we'll probably get pumped off Cove in the playoffs <laughs> which would make it 10 times worse as Paul Hartley sits and lounges it over us but you know I'm all positive you and I'm pretty sure next week I'm going to be sorting through this door giving it the big licks to Stephen Miller fingers crossed after hearing you I now want to go to that game tomorrow night well I tell you what I've got space in the car you Come on. I might actually go along to it because I think up. I think it could be one of the huh? games of the season. You're a Falkirk boy. Come on. Yeah, I could I could go to that game because I live in Falkirk. I'll pick you up in the way and we'll, 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 we'll have a wee jaunt over over the fourth and uh, we'll, we'll have, I'm sure you won't get slagged at all. Can we get, can we drop can we stop off at a local burger king and get a burger and chips? We can do that. Okay. Mate, we'll discuss that a little later. Right, okay. Thanks for that, John. Let's do this. La gente está muy loca. What the fuck? Uh, hang around, John, just for a second while I get through these. Uh, V-A-R-W-T-F. Uh, Rangers, Kilmarnock, penalty 2-0. Was it a penalty? Did you see it? I, I didn't see this one. Oh, right, well, why are you stand, standing here? Just well, you being, asked me to. Right, just stay there in case you did see something. Or Did you not see any of the controversy no. at the weekend? None of it? No. What were you doing? Watching Craig McGuffey's goal. <laughs> uh, there was a handball... Uh, for Rangers against Kilmarnock I don't think there's any issue with that he had his arm out and it stopped the ball going through to Cholak which had given him a goal scoring opportunity so for me that was a penalty Hartson Johnson last man McLennan and bundled down by Kai Rolls with flag went up for offside that was the correct decision Chris is trying to find something in that intern Chris that's a black mark against you <laughs> and that was never um, an issue for VAR he was clearly offside uh, Livingston Hibbs Hibbs uh, Egan Riley with strong lunging Obalai check VAR giving yellow yeah I think it was the right call yes he did go off injured but it definitely wasn't a red card uh, also in that game Livingston against Hibbs Jack Fitzwater takes down Matt Hopp uh, sports scene thought accidental VAR confirmed red yeah I watched that 
I'm probably with a sports scenes guy on that. I thought it was accidental. I don't think it was, but there you go. Uh, Ross County, Motherwell, uh, Jacoviti. Did he not play with you at one point? No. Did he never play for you? No. Did he play for Dunfermline? I don't know. Jacoviti. Jacoviti. Uh, it was taken down in the box by Callum Butcher, overturned by VAR to free kick to well. I think that was the right decision. Uh, Ross County, Motherwell again. Jack Bowen, high boot on last man. Kevin Van Bean, initially yellow, overturned to a red by VAR. Again, it's one of them again. Is that high boot? Is it a red? Is that a mm. yellow? Is it a dangerous play? Does he see the player coming? A bit like what happened with Kilmarnock against Hibbs at Easter yeah. Road. I didn't think that was a red card. Neither did Derek McInnes. Neither did the pundits. We all thought it was going to get overturned. It didn't get overturned because it, they all thought it was a red card. But um, again, again, it's that grey area. I'm not quite sure when it comes to a high boot. Celtic against St Mirren. Greg Taylor check. Uh, gives St Mirren a penalty. I did see the, these ones. Right. See for me that Greg Taylor one. That's never a penalty in That's a million a years. That's a penalty. No, it's not. That is absolutely a penalty. It's not a penalty. He is like, he, he's he's all his arms are out there, and it is absolutely a penalty. I didn't even ask you for your opinion on right, this. Sorry. It's not a penalty, and I'm having the final saying that you can shut your face. Uh, Greg Taylor had his arm out. Yes, but he's certainly balancing himself. And the boy kicks the ball at his arm to flick it over whoever the defender was behind him. For me, it wasn't a penalty. I thought it was harsh anyway. Uh, Celtic St. Mirren again. Kiego uh, dragged down. Kiego. Sorry, I keep getting his name wrong. Kiego uh, dragged down. Kiego. Uh, penalty checked with VAR Changed to a free kick Again I thought that was the right decision I thought the last pull on his shoulder Was just before he was in I the box with that, yeah. So that was the right decision To give them the free kick instead of the penalty So VAR did its job there So that was V-A-R-W-T-F John hang about right. You're here you might as well stay The Big Scottish Football Podcast With Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron John is hanging around but even though he's hanging around he doesn't know much else about Scottish football other than what's happening at Falkirk and what happens with McGuffey's goal Well I'm looking at your notes and I actually have an opinion this is it says part 4 Hamden page 1 well done intern Chris um, and then I believe this is uh, all notes about our experiences at Hamden which I've experienced a lot of being a Falkirk supporter surprisingly Again you're setting it up okay. this is right, my so, job Right you do that Right okay. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. We got a huge reaction to last week's show talking about Hamden and some of the conditions which fans have had to deal with. So we're going to talk a bit more about the poor fan experience at Scotland's National Stadium. Now, I let rip any opportunity I get about our National Stadium. I think it's a disgrace. It's an embarrassment. It's one of the worst national football stadiums on the planet. It's also not a great stadium to even go and see a gig at, never mind a football match. And you've been getting in contact with us after that rant last week. Super Chris, hello. Uh, going to watch a game is a dire experience. It's an embarrassment of a national stadium if you get stuck behind a goal you basically miss large chunks chunks of the game seeing Wembley last weekend really put it to shame even more uh, that guy called Ross it's an absolute joke that we call it our national stadium couldn't agree with you more my friend uh, Andy McKellar fans too far away from the pitch which reduces the atmosphere lower down seats offer a terrible view national stadium should be so much better I would knock it down and start again uh, Claire Drummond I grew up watching football 
football at Tynecastle. At Hamden, it feels like you're miles away from the pitch and behind the goals you need binoculars to see what's going on at the other end. It's a rubbish stadium for our national stadium. Uh, Danny McConigal, a few years ago at a Scottish Cup final, I was in row C just down from the dugouts. I saw hee-haw apart from the subs standing right in front of me and the messages go on and on and on. Uh, we'll get to a few of them in just a second. John McAnally from uh, Falkirk Daft, the podcast. Hamden is rubbish. It is. As I've been lucky enough Thanks to for that John right. uh, Let's speak to um, Andrew <laughs> <laughs> Let's speak to Andrew Mitchell Who's a football fan Who doesn't like Hamden either Hello Andrew You alright my mate How are you? I'm good uh, Obviously I got in touch With you last week And uh, I sent you a picture Of my view I spent most of the game Looking at the back Of our scoreboard That's unbelievable I mean See that picture You sent me Of the cup final You didn't see anything At the other side of the pitch Couldn't tell you What minute the game was I could not see the other the Celtic fans at the other end of the pitch. Actually, getting to Hamden is just as bad. Yeah, unfortunately for you, you unfortunately for you, they got a good view of Celtic's opening goal though. I unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I, I first went to Hamden just after it reopened, and that time Wembley's been done up, Cardiff's been built, and it's getting redeveloped again. And yet Scotland's just kept a stadium. So, what do you want to see happen to Hamden, Andrew? Quite a green belt land next to motorways where. That's a good point. Aye, totally. And uh, what's your fondest memory of ever being at Hamden, despite the shocking experience it gives you? Fair enough, it was probably in roughly the same area. I did the day Peter Lovingrand scored in the last minute. Oh, Peter Lovingrand scoring in the last minute in that cup final 3-2 against Celtic. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for speaking to us on the podcast and you have a brilliant day, my man. No problem, I'll see you later. Cheers, Andrew. All the best, mate. That was Andrew with his thoughts on our national stadium. Um, John, would you knock it down and start again? I don't know if it's a yes or a no. No. Join me, Adam. From Brian Lang, I was in the Rangers end behind the goal for the cup final, six rows from the front. When the ball's down the other end, you haven't got a clue what's going on. You end up looking at the screen above your head. In this day, it's a terrible place to watch football matches. Uh, from air, though, it's a complete pain in the ass to get to and from the east of Scotland, but it can have a good atmosphere at big games. South Stand is good. North Stand has issues with turnstiles. Gareth Harmon is perfect in the North Stand. Atmosphere is fantastic. Um, Hamson says, we a bit of positive. Something positive. M. Um, Hamson, terrible stadium. Should have bought the stands in when doing it up or moved it to where they built the football centre. Uh, what would you do with Hamden, John? Oh, yeah, it's uh, my opinion now. Yeah. Um, I would, it uh, needs. <laughs> Thank you. Something it needs. needs that's, that's his opinion. No, it just no, needs. No, it it just, needs. Yeah, it no. needs. It needs. That's the opinion. It needs. It needs uh, a big refurb, doesn't it? it uh-huh. just, like the distance. The big problem is the distance from the supporters to the actual pitch. That's the big problem with it. So I don't know how you get around that. Yeah. Where you have to pull everything up. Yeah. Someone in construction will be able to tell us. But can can we move no. the whole thing in, right in, like just push it in? And do something like that. I have no idea what you said because you bored me after needs, 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 needs. Uh, so uh, thank Edit you. Edit us out in turn, Chris. <laughs> no, he's not editing any of this out. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who got in contact with us with their opinions on the National Stadium. It's pretty clear that football fans, generally speaking, do not like the experience of going to the National Stadium and things need to change right we've got one more thing to do and I love this actually I lie I'm not the biggest fan of this 
The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Here we go with Scottish Football where... It's now time for more of your shout-outs, but this time on something completely different. We've been asking you all week to give us your best shout-outs for if Scottish football were a holiday. Uh, do you want to help us with this one, John McAnally? Oh, please, can I get to see something now? Yes, you do get to see something. I've got something. a couple of Falkirk ones for you okay. before you start. Do you want, you want, you You're want... jumping in again, mate. I'm in charge here. Uh, but when, when, I, when I ask you for your input, you then jump in. But you, I've got a couple I've written. I've, right, it I'll, took me a lot of hard okay, work. Well, let me just set it up and then right, we'll come okay, to you. Thanks. Okay. So, if Scottish football were a holiday, uh, Jason Robb, Jan Venegur of Hesseling, Helsinki. Oh, Helsinki, <laughs> yes. Please, got that. Uh, Harold Prague back. Very <laughs> good. Ricky Spence. Ulysses De La Cruz. Ulysses De La Cruz. Hibs. De La... Yeah, I know he was at Hibs. What's the, what's the holiday? Or Cruz. Cruz. Or Cruz, yeah. Also from Ricky Spence. Playa Van Playa Van Bossen? Playa Van Bossen. Peter Van Bossen. I don't get that. Playa Playa? Van Bossen. What's Playa, Playa, Playa. So Playa Van Bossen. What's the holiday there? There's no pun there because it's like there's no play on Peter there. Because I'm presuming Peter Van Bossen he's talking about. Uh, Queen's Caravan Park. Good. Uh, From Sam Miller. Stephen Anderson Stroke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jason Kerrion Luggage. (laughs) 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 Not bad. Uh, Morris Malpassport. Yeah. Jim Goodwindow when you're in the plane <laughs> it's not bad oh good window seat oh I like yeah. that Michael Ball inclusive Michael Ball, Ball inclusive, inclusive. Uh, Jerry Taylor who was speaking to us earlier on the podcast Morocco Quinn very good that is very good Jerry like that and Aaron Moy Aaron 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 Christopher Ironapa <laughs> <laughs> from Backpost Ryan Airportius <laughs> that is good like that uh, we've also got from Backpost Souvenir Beaton Near Beaton Ange Postacardigaloo <laughs> Paul Rankin says Sandy Halliday Billy Mag says Andy Holidays Johnny Mag says Emilio Ibizagiri <laughs> Not bad uh, Lester Cress Willie Columbia <laughs> uh, Cami Belarus uh, From Snedders David Turnbulance <laughs> That's quite smart <laughs> Andrew Edward Breakin City Break Breakin City Oh Breakin City, City yeah, Break yeah, yeah, Good yeah. good good uh, Shea Logan Air That's good That is good <laughs> That was from Andrew Edward And from Jamie Brennan James Sandcastle Bucket and Spam Aiden McGeady Aiden McGeady Bucket and Spade Aiden McGeady yeah. Yes Right okay pick a winner John Oh I've got go- I, I, I thought Christopher Ironapper That one that popped me the most there So Christopher Ironapper That was good Who was that from? 
That was from Kenny Burgess. Well done, Kenny Burgess. You're the winner this week. Well done to you. And Stephen might be back from his honeymoon. Stephen might be back from his honeymoon. Honeymoon. Stephen might be keep these in, by the way. <laughs> Stephen might be back from his honeymoon next week. So for next week's podcast, we want to know your best suggestions for if Scottish football were a wedding. Oh, if I've... Scottish football were a wedding, you got one. Falkirk player X Falkirk player X Hibs player Kevin McBride everyone There we go Thank you Examples include Alter Smith Stephen Mother and Lawless And Vida Rise the Rise Rise the Vida Reception It's meant to be so Vida Reception Vida Reception in turn, Chris, you're doing a really bad job. Bad jobs, no, it's, it's not happening, Chris. No. I'm afraid. Right, so that's just about it for the podcast today. Our thanks to um, everyone who joined us. It was a cast of thousands today. Uh, John McAnally hung around ro- longer than I'd hoped. No, no, come on, Falkirk. Oh man, see if we get beat next week. Stevens in. Sharp. Oh. You're doing nothing already. You coming to the game? I might come in the game tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. You driving? Aye. Can you pick me up? Aye. Okay, and drop me bur- off, and we'll go for a Burger King. We'll go for a Burger King. I might actually go, actually. Yeah, where, where are you sitting? I don't, it's un, unspecified seating, so... You can oh, sit okay. beside me, you. Okay. So I might do that tomorrow night. Stephen Mills should be back next week. I'm off next week because I'm going on a stag do. So until I'm back in a couple of weeks, have yourselves a wonderful time and enjoy the football. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>